is Gunnar Esaias, and then you are listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esaias Foundation and GunnarEsaias.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, DCU, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esaias and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and are not necessarily those of the Boomer Esaias Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, back for another episode of Breathe In with the very lovely Leah Frone and Tiffany Rich. How are you guys? Good. How are you doing? Not bad. Uh, we have to start off today's episode with the the big event from this past weekend. Leah went right. ice skating. How I was did. it? Oh my gosh, it was terrifying. Like absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I think I just like have PTSD from being a child and falling a lot, learning how to ice skate. <laughs> Wait, did you fall? No, I didn't. Oh, good. Okay. Um, but I also wouldn't let my boyfriend or one of my friends went with us too. I wouldn't let either of them let go of me. So that upped my chances of not falling. Yeah. I also saw the video of you holding onto the cone. Or I or... did. I had like the cone walker thing. Yeah. So basically, you know, we took the poll on our Instagram of if I should go indoor or outdoor skating. So obviously outdoor one, which is why I went outside. Actually, wasn't that cold? Then, huh? It wasn't that cold. Oh, no, it was actually really nice. Um, yeah. It was a good day to go outside. Yeah, it was like in the 40s, which was pretty warm, considering it's been like 10 degrees here yeah, lately. Really cold, yeah. So then I was asking different people I work with, you know, do you know anywhere that has the walkers? Because I need to <laughs> <laughs> And everyone kept telling me that this certain place had them. And I was like, okay, that's perfect, because I know we had the Women's March over the weekend in the city, and I didn't want to have to, you know figure out ways around that because that would have been an issue. So we didn't have to go into the city, which was nice. But yes, we went there and one of my friends came with us too because, well, Paul and I have no experience with ice skating. We're both not the best. And my friend Jill, she took lessons growing up, like professional <laughs> lessons not from oh. her dad like me. Right. And uh, she's pretty good. So <laughs> she kind of pushed me. Um, oh, she had someone that knew they were doing. Exactly. Right. We needed someone with us that kind of knew what they were doing. Um, so we got there and of course I was really nervous and then she dragged me out on the ice and took me around a couple of times and then found one of the walkers <laughs> so I could gain a little independence. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yes, I used that for a little bit and then, you know, did a couple more laps. Did with a couple the more ball. laps and I was pretty much done. Yeah. yeah. Jeff would, Jeff would <laughs> not let me get on. Jeff would not let me get a walker. He's like, no. Yeah, see, I like that. That's, see, yeah. I'm on team Jeff no. here because, you know, <laughs> you need to, at some point you have to get out there and just do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta really. Majority of my life I've gotten out there and I've just done it and I've fallen <laughs> every single time. Right. At this point in my life, with all of my bone issues and stuff, I prefer not to fall. So, you know I, what? I, I would have was not falling. I, I would I would have felt horrible had you gone and like broken your arm or something. I would though. I mean, I broke my leg jumping hurdles. <laughs> not a great. She's pretty. Thank you, thank you, Sia, for related bone disease. I, I, you know, I, I have to hand it to you guys. You know, I, 
was a little skeptical as to whether or not you'd follow through, uh, follow through with mm-hmm. with the challenge, and you guys did it, and I'm happy for you. Uh, when we commit to something, we follow through. We, we it, do. It, 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 did, it did take some time. It didn't happen right away. No, it took it, it took a couple weeks. It took a couple it weeks. Uh, I had to build up the courage. I have a boyfriend that wasn't sick. Yes, I think yes. it's hilarious that Tiffany fell. I think that's probably the funniest part <laughs> hey, of this whole thing, and that you had not, to use the cone. I did. Okay. It was not my fault that I fell. Let's be real. The yeah, little girl slide tackled me. <laughs> but yes, I did fall. Displacing the blame. Displacing the blame is like the first part of <laughs> like not becoming a good athlete. <laughs> yeah, you have to hold, you have to take accountability at some point. <laughs> All right, so now let's move on from that. Let's talk about today's topic for the podcast. Um, the differences in the careers that people with CF have. What I mean by that is some people work full-time, other people can't work full-time, and what they do uh, in that in that end. Tiffany's obviously on disability following her, uh, her double lung transplant, and then Leah, I know that you just transitioned to being part-time. So, you know, I think we should talk about the differences there um, and why – really why you've chosen to go the route you have and how you've been able to support yourself uh, in doing so. So uh, I think, Tiffany, you're a little self-explanatory since you have the, you've had the transplant, mm-hmm. so I think we should start with Leah here yeah. uh, since okay. she just recently made the transition to uh, being part-time. Right. Why, why so, did you do that? All right. So when I graduated nursing school, so I graduated in 2013, and that was in December. So let's just start with 2014. Started working full-time. Um Nurses' schedules are pretty demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of shifts are 12-hour shifts. Um, and they're pretty hard on a CF body. I'm not going to lie. Well, it's they're a, it's hard a on job. anyone. And then having CF, it's pretty hard. Um, so I did pretty well working full-time for a while. And then over the past year, I've been transitioning off the study medication I was taking. So that really was a game changer for me in helping get my mucus out and just keeping my CF stable. And over the past couple of months, you know, I haven't had that. So I've had to put in extra work to get the mucus out and stay as healthy as I have been. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that was kind of the driving force behind it. Uh, like, you know what, I mean? what what changed about your, your work life in, in sort of doing that? So my work life also got more demanding. Um I work in an outpatient infusion clinic, which is kind of the ideal job if you have CF and, you know, you're going to be a nurse because it has more regular hours. I'm not working night shifts. Uh I don't have a rotating shift. It's pretty like nine to five, that type of job. Um, But we had a heart failure clinic that was running out of the infusion clinic, and that meant that I had to be cross-trained in both. And that meant that I was running around constantly. I never got to sit down. I never got to go to the bathroom. I never got to eat a lunch. And after doing that for three years, I mean, I was pretty exhausted, you know? So I was exhausted. And then I'm going through this transition of not having the medication that I normally have that helps me stay stable. Mm -hmm. So then it was just kind of a no brainer that I'm not really getting the support I need from work in order to be successful with managing my CF and I'm not getting this medication that I need to continue to be successful. So I've got to change something. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's, I mean, it's definitely a hard situation to put yourself in, especially when your, your career of choice is so physically demanding. You know, I think there exactly. are, there's, there's, there's certainly quite a there's few different careers. routes to go. Yes. There's definitely yeah. there's different careers out there uh, that I think, you know, are 
I don't want to say they're sick person friendly, but they're, no, they they're probably, they're probably more, more conducive to, to the yes, our yeah. lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. And well, I, yeah. Know, if you can work for home, well, that's, that's, that's ideal. Well, right? that's also. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's a. Yeah. That's so something I've been looking before. into those kind of options. Just like yeah. there's a lot of options with nursing. You know, I think when people think of being a nurse, they think of working on a hospital floor, being exposed to all these germs, and they don't realize that there are home jobs that I could have being a nurse and I mm-hmm. wouldn't have to leave my house. But you also need the experience to get those jobs. And exactly. I'm like right on the brink of having enough that I could. Mm-hmm. So I've been looking into it, but it's going to take some time, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So right now, part-time is the best option. Yeah. Well, I, and yeah. I, Leah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I'll, I'll no, talk. I was just... <laughs> I'll talk. That, that's what we get with the lag time of the delay. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, that there, there's, it's all about finding a good balance in what right. you're capable of doing and what, um, you know, what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think there's, I was talking about this with another CF patient where I was interacting with somebody on Twitter not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And, and we were talking about how, um, you know, there's, there's a difference between being too sick to work and working because and not working because you're sick, right? Yeah, you know, right. I, I think at some point you have to take control of your life and and you know be like, okay, I got to put myself out there. And I think a job in a, in a lot of ways, no matter how big or small the job is, it does give mm-hmm. a, it does give someone a purpose in life. You know, it, it, does, it does, does. It definitely does give a direction. You know, I think you know, looking at you know Tiffany out here on the other hand. <laughs> Tiffany coming back from a double lung transplant, you know that's you know, jumping right in the working that's world is, 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 is not a is not something that she, that she can physically do. Right. Yeah, you know, that that that's like that's that's just an entirely different world and an entirely different set of circumstances unto itself. Exactly. And you have to learn. You're learning a new life, pretty much. You are going through a double lung transplant. You mm-hmm. have so much things going on. You have. Now I have the diabetes part of it. I have all these meds that I'm trying to get the levels right and not feel, um, not you know, not feel weird. Um, huh. And then you have all your appointments, your bronchoscopies, and all that stuff. So it's just a different world to get used to. Did that? Did the hospital ever like talk to you about that lifestyle that you would have to make? You know how? Did, how did? Yeah. Did someone like talk to you one day and say? Tiffany, now that you're going through this transplant, this is what you're going to have to focus on, and you're going to have to put, you know, this other part of your life in the rearview mirror for the time being. Did someone say that yeah. to you? Yeah, pretty much. When I was in, after transplant, when I was in the hospital, it was, okay, when they came in and went through all my meds, it was so overwhelming that I couldn't even handle it. I couldn't, it was so much stuff that not even my parents could handle it too because it's such a new it's a new life mm-hmm. you're getting diagnosed basically with a new disease mm-hmm. you left your yep, cf exactly. a little bit behind with your lungs but you're mm-hmm. getting a new disease right that's what it is and mm-hmm. they always told me that it's not a cure as we know it's a you're <coughs> you're trading one disease for another pretty much mm-hmm. With the still, you have the aspects of CF still, hence the sinuses and the digestive system. So learning all that, and then you have your complications. Your knock on wood, don't have any more, but you know you have to get through those hurdles, and that's a lot on the body too, especially because I had that pneumothorax that I had to have five-hour surgery after right. I already had my lungs taken out and put mm-hmm. it back in and then do all that. So being disability is 
crucial to do that because you have you have to learn your whole life again and then you can focus on going back to work when you are capable of having all the levels right and everything seems right and you get the doctor's approval mm-hmm. you know I, right. I, it's definitely something that i don't think a lot of people think about until they're faced with that decision i mean did you ever mm-hmm. i mean growing up tiffany did, you know what did you what did you sort of want to be when you grew when you grew up like you know uh, yeah so when i was younger Okay, I love trading spaces. Have you ever watched that? Oh my gosh. It's coming back. It's coming back. I used to so, love that show. I forgot about it. Okay, it's coming back. So I'm really excited. Um, but I always loved interior design and I loved being creative. That uh-huh. was a big deal. And then I went to college and I was going to do business and then I switched. I don't know. I, it wasn't for me. And then I went to science and did health science, which that's what I graduated with. And... Um, you know, I always like I wanted to. My ideal thing was to work for a nonprofit or something to help others because I've had so much help in my life that I want to help everybody. That's just my ideal situation. So, right. um, just growing up, I always was a creative person, and then it switched to health. And was it health what- aspect? Was it, was it, you know, were you disappointed to find out that, you know, you'd have to be on disability for a period of time or? Uh, or yeah. It was. And you did ha- yeah. when, did they, you when did they bring that up? Like, before transplant. Yeah. It was like when I got listed, I believe. Okay. And when I got listed, they told me because I was started, I was showing the progression of CF and they're like, you know working is not ideal for you we have to keep you healthy mm-hmm. you have to because you have to stay healthy it's so weird you have to stay healthy in order to get your transplant but you have to be but you can't sick be enough too to healthy need it. right but you need to be sick enough to need you know so i was in weird that balance. downward i was in that downward spiral and mm-hmm. you know i i've always been someone that wants to i'm very motivated in doing anything that i love so when I heard that I was like all right well I guess if I want to be able to get healthy and be able to do what I want to do in life I'm gonna have to do this right now mm-hmm. and focus on myself which mm-hmm. is fine I it was fine and I'm still doing that but it'll happen when the time's right you know I'll know mm-hmm. it <laughs> yeah, you will you know I, I I I agree with you I think you will too and um you know, I, it, it is a, a hard conversation. That I, I mean, I can imagine that's a hard conversation to have with somebody mm-hmm. simply because, yeah. you know, you, you invest so much time in your education and going to college and right. you know, this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're told that, you know, by the way, <laughs> you're going to have to just focus on your health 24 hours a day. You can't do anything else. Yeah. Uh, you know, I that's that's a difficult conversation to have. And, I, you know, I think at the, you know, in the, oh, you know, the different, you know, the middle part of the spectrum here where, where you're at Leah, where, you know, you had to have the honest conversation with yourself. You know, someone didn't have to tell it to you, you know, um, so, you know, know, how did that happen? Covering, Right. So kind of covering that. So when I started being a nurse back in 2014, that's also when I had a decrease in lung function. So I started working for about six months and then I got a virus or something. I'm not really sure what I got. It could have been from work. It could have just been from being, you know, a human being. out of the community. Yeah. You don't yeah. know. To do um, exactly. <laughs> so I did a course of IVs and I bounced back and I was fine. And then 
I remember one day, it was like two days after I was at work and I just did not feel good, you know? Something was wrong and I called clinic and they were like, well, you're just on IVs, this doesn't make sense. And I kind of had, I just plummeted health-wise. Right. There was no explanation, it didn't make sense. That's when we started talking about transplant and different options. And that's kind of when they brought up to me, you know, we think at this point in time, your best option is going on disability. And that was something that I never thought I would have that conversation at 24 years old, mm-hmm. you know, because I had gotten two degrees in four years and I was in the process of starting grad school and working to be a nurse practitioner. And that was when I had to make the decision, is my health more important or is advancing my career more important? And I remember I took a step back and I knew at that point in time that I wasn't ready for a transplant. I I just knew, you know what I mean? I don't know how to explain (laughs) that, Mm -hmm. but I was like, this isn't the time yet. Um, And I knew that if I stopped working, I was going to decline more. Right. So I chose not to stop working, but I did choose to give up grad school. Yes. So I gave up grad school, but I continued to work and I wasn't working full time at that point. So I decided go back to part, you know, work part time, build myself back up to full time when I'm more healthy. So that's what I did. And it ended up working out for me. I think because my job is so active, it was actually a good thing mm-hmm. because it's causing my body to be active. It's helping me get that mucus out. Yes. You know, I mean, I'm obviously not coughing it up in front of patients, but I can excuse myself, go to the bathroom, cough it out, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. do what I have to do. So I do think in one sense, my job's a blessing because I am moving and I am physically active that it's almost like another form of therapy because I'm getting mm-hmm. mucus out throughout the day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot would argue with me that I'm exposing myself to germs and, you know, that's a whole issue in itself. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, fast forward we're here, we're here like what, three or four years later. And I kind of had to have that conversation with myself again. You know, it wasn't something that my team brought up to me, but I knew how I was feeling and what I was going through. And it was like, okay, something's got to give and I need to put more into my health than into work. So therefore I'm going to back down on work and put more into my health because if you don't have your health, you You can't can't have a career and you can't live. So So in doing that though, I mean, you obviously by, you know, going from, the full time to part time, you know, you are mm-hmm. sort of, you know, you're, you're, you know, I guess passing on some of the full time benefits that that an employee gets. You know, exactly. you know, how, how does that weigh on, weigh on your decision? So, right. I mean, that was a really hard decision to make, and that's also something that I talked out with my team, and they helped me figure out how I could still get benefits even if mm-hmm. I wasn't getting them through work, and how we could make all of that work. Um, But it was a very hard decision to make, and I was an emotional wreck for a couple of months. Right. You know, I I mean, I think emotions (laughs) come with that. They come hand in hand. I mean, definitely, you're essentially giving up something that you've worked really hard for, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. a lot of times people, like, will tell me, and they're like, well, I don't get why you're not going back to school or why you're not trying to advance yourself even more. And it's just like, you know, I would love to do that, but at the same time, my health is more important to me. You know, and And, my job's important to me too, but I mean, I have to put a lot into staying healthy. Well, I feel like, I feel like with having a part-time job, you can go to PT more. I do. And, and you're not, if you're on IVs more 
and you can focus on that and just getting rest as well exactly. as I'm not expected. <clears throat> I mean, I had talked to hell with my boss and, you know, she was saying one of the perks would be that if for some reason I do get sick and I have to be out that mm-hmm. there, you know, if I am part time, I'm not necessarily expected to be there. You know what I mean? So if for some reason I have to be out for two weeks, that's okay. When you're full time, that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you really they... take that full two weeks to rest. And I'm realizing more and more, the older I get, I need that two weeks to rest when I'm on IVs. Because what I was oh, doing yeah. before was I'd start the IVs, I'd give myself the weekend, and then I'd mm-hmm. work while I was on IVs. And totally. that just wasn't working for me. Uh, I, you know I mean, what I mean? I, that's, I mean, that's <laughs> the big hurdle here is like the pulmonary exacerbations or the health issues. I mean, I've... <laughs> You know, I, I've, I've found myself in, you know, needing IVs basically on, let's say, on Tuesday, you know, I go to the doctor, decision is mm-hmm. made to, to get IVs, IV mm-hmm. scheduled for Wednesday morning, and then from right from the hospital, I go to work or something like that. You know, it's like almost yeah, like I'm just, right. I'm just changing a tire, essentially. Yeah, uh, you know, that's I, how you treat I, it. I, and right. I think that's kind of like, it's a very weird way to look at healthcare, but, mm-hmm. I, you know, I do at the same time think that it is very, very important to... Uh, you know, for, for people to work, like you said, you know, you didn't want to give that up, mm-hmm. even though you're being pushed to give it up. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I found myself in a similar situation after college. You know, I felt like I had invested, you know, so much time and resources, and my, my family invested so many resources into educating me to the point right. where, you know, at the end, you know, by the time I graduated college, my lung function was in, was in a steep decline. And I was like, oh my yeah, God, right. I have to get control of this before, mm-hmm. you know, God knows what happens. And, right. In doing that, I, you know, I basically took a summer after uh, college to, to do that. I had plans to go to grad school, and I pushed them off. I was like, you know, maybe it'll have, maybe it won't. Then um, I started, I basically started working part time, like you did by coaching high school football. And then slowly, mm-hmm. once my health started to come back, I then took on full time responsibilities, and I'm still working full time responsibilities now for the foundation. I, I mm-hmm. still actually coach high school athletics part time, so I actually have several jobs now that I think about it. It's crazy. But right, my, yeah. my feeling is that, you know, for me, since my, at, at this point in time, my health is actually okay. It's, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not the bill of health, but I, uh, you know, I, I definitely feel like I am fit enough at this point to work as hard as I can to basically get myself as much, you know, as, as far along as I can you right. know, be- before the time, if the time ever comes where I do need to go and display myself, uh, you know, I have to get myself to be to a point where, I am prepared to do that. You know, things start happening as you start to get older. You know, you start to take over yeah. uh, insurance payments, you know, and you turn 26. Right. And those things start happening. Mm-hmm. Like that just happened to me recently. Uh, and mm-hmm. here in the state of New York, you know, you start figuring out how to, you know, how to work with the system, you know, because the system is there to help you. And in New York, we have mm-hmm. the, I forget the, the exact name of the program, but we have the Over 21 program here in New York. And mm-hmm. the Over 21 program, very basically, uh, you know, a patient with, with genetic illness. It's like a basically, it's for people with genetic illness. I think cystic fibrosis yeah. and sickle cell anemia is the other one. And yeah. what it does is, you know, after you've spent a certain amount of money on your healthcare costs, the the state basically picks up the tab for very much the rest of the way. Okay. Uh, it's a great right. program here we have in New York State, and it's a fantastic mm-hmm. thing. It's actually I'm actually in the, in the middle of enrolling for it right now, so I haven't actually seen the benefit of it yet for myself. Uh, but I plan on receiving the benefits as soon as I can. Uh, right. you know, I, and that's a fantastic program for people with genetic illness. You know, people with genetic yes. illness are innocent victims 
in the fact that yeah. we are you know we're born the way we, we are it's not like we spent like we didn't choose this. yeah we, we didn't spend right. our entire life smoking cigarettes and now all of a sudden yeah. we have you know lung failure right you know i've i've I said know. i'm i've said on public record that the people that are you know smoking cigarettes for their entire life and then by the time they're 70 they're huge you know they're huge thorns in the side of society because mm-hmm. society is paying so much money to take care of these people i've said on record mm-hmm. that i think if you smoke your entire life you can get to that point you shouldn't be receiving any government aid. No chance. I know. No way. Those it's... people should be just left to fend for themselves. They made that choice. That's their choice. They can yeah. go do that. And I and I've had several yeah. family members that have mm-hmm. died from smoking related illness, and I just I have no time for that. No. You know, well, I have, yeah, I have no I mean, time for people to smoke. We work so hard to stay healthy. Exactly. You know, like I don't think people understand how much goes into this. Yeah. Well, it's you know, some days thing. I'm like, how am I even doing this much? You know <laughs> what I mean? Because it's a full time job. <laughs> well, and it's funny when people learn that you have a lung disease and they ask, oh, did you are you a smoker? No, it's genetic. I said genetic right. lung disease. Uh, so I'm just like, no, I've never smoked in my life. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's and, that's that. Those are things that really bug me, right? Me too. No, yeah. I, you know, I do, and uh, we're sort of straying off topic here, but I, yeah. you know, I, I do think that it's, you know, on one end, yeah, people with with CF, we should be receiving as you know as much help as we can. In the mm-hmm. sense that mm-hmm. we we never really chose this life for us, but people that do choose the lifestyle of living with lung illness when they smoke cigarettes for thirty years, yeah, they chose that mm-hmm. lifestyle. They can deal with it themselves. No, that's not my right. that's not my problem as a taxpayer. You know, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's ultimately what I'm, what I'm sort of getting to. But, uh, you know, yeah. back to, back on topic here, when it comes to, to working full time, I think we've discussed a little bit before, but it definitely gives you a purpose. You know, I, I've worked a few mm-hmm. jobs, a few different jobs since graduating. I've worked in, in a corporate setting. I worked like in a, I worked, uh, I did a, um, a short consultancy with Nestle Health Science and I worked there and it was a, it was an awesome experience to work in that kind of environment. I found that mm-hmm. it just wasn't for me. You know, right. I, I I had basically a two-hour commute each day, and it was just it was, it was, it was a lot of my health. Yeah, um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a lot. You know, and the way I made it work was I had you know I had the Aflow vest, I had the portable vest, and mm-hmm. I had yeah. a portable nebulizer, and I basically just did my treatments in the car to work, and then on the way mm-hmm. home from work, it was crazy. But do you feel like when you do them that way, you even get a good treatment? Because I feel like I wouldn't. No, but I, I mean, don't know. I, everyone's different. You know, you know, I I don't know. I you know, looking back on those days, I would say that I got a decent treatment doing it portable that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but it was not something I could sustain. I quickly realized that I was unable to sustain that commute, that lifestyle with, you know, with right. with, with relying on my portable treatments. You know, the portable treatments made the whole thing easier. I would have had to get uh-huh. up an hour earlier than I was. I was already getting right. up, I was already like, getting up at around five o'clock to do this. I think I think portable treatments are good for every so often. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Every so often, you're going to have a day like that where it's going to be hard and you're going to need it to be a little bit easier. But I almost think sometimes they're dangerous because they make the treatment more passive than active. And you have to be active while you're doing your treatments where you're not really You're also driving anything. a car. Like, it was like a you wild know? thing. I was like, you know, I was like... It's yeah. weird. I don't think I've ever done that. Talk about... Talk like, about I can't even think about that. You, you talk, you're talking, you looks. Yeah, you're talking about, like, yeah. being considered a smoker. You know, you're 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 sucking like, down the next to you're, you're sucking down Toby at the red light and you're looking over the guys looking over like what the hell is going on in that car? 
You know, that that's what oh I was dealing gosh, with. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, hilarious. Yeah, I mean, uh, my uh, my friends in college were also we're now getting really off topic. My friends in college used to call it mobile treatments, and they used to love when we would do mobile treatments. We'd like, you know, if we were going on a road trip or whatever. You know, my right. friends would be like, "Are we doing mobile treatments today?" Yeah, yeah, we're doing mobile treatments. <laughs> uh, they just thought it was like they thought it was so fascinating that I was able to like bring it on the go. Oh, you gotta get yeah. us like the little Perry Trek, really? you know, the little yellow the Nebu- 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 yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I have yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like and it's. I mean, it's the is good, not great. You know, yeah, it's, it's good it enough. Does the job it's, it's good enough. The, it's good enough. Whatever we have, I forget what it's called. Vios. Vios. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's my favorite one. But yeah, I, I use a, I use a, I use a BIOS Pros too. The stand like the standalone nebulizer. Yeah. Yeah, I use that it's one. built. I think it's built for people with CF because it can it's like withstand all the treatments too. Yeah, because I was breaking my nebulizers like every six months. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean that's the other so. part of this working is like for someone who does work, uh, it's how do you fit time for your treatments? And what I do during my treatments, that's actually when I'm most productive. Right, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, you're sitting there for an hour, right? Yeah, Regardless, right. you might as well get something done. That's that's what I mm-hmm. mean. My colleagues will tell you they probably get weird. They get emails from me at weird times, <laughs> but that's yeah. because I'm sitting there doing my treatments. Yeah, right. No, you know, you're that. sitting there and you got to you, you got to entertain yourself somehow, or basically keep yourself active and productive. And mm-hmm. you know, that's that's when I answer my emails. You or make like, the most out of the time. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's what you have to do. And yeah, I think it's right. important to find an employer. Obviously, my my employer is definitely very sympathetic to my situation but yeah you know right. i think it's important to find an employer that can be sympathetic to the needs of mm-hmm. a person with cystic fibrosis mm-hmm. right well, that's well, yeah i agree with that i mean when i started as a nurse i had to be in a little bit before 7 a.m and that was really hard for me especially because at that point in time my commute was at least 45 minutes without traffic right mm-hmm. um so i was waking up every day at 4 a.m and I had done that for all of nursing school too. So at this point I had been doing it for at least two years and I was getting exhausted. And I think that played a role in why I kind of plummeted also, you know, during that, that six months after being a nurse, you know, because I really wasn't resting or taking care of myself in the way that I needed to. And I didn't realize that waking up at 4am every day was not in my best interest. No. Um, no matter what time I went to bed, it really didn't matter because it just, it, it didn't work for me. It works for some people, but it doesn't work for me. So when I eventually did go back to work and I started out part-time again, that's when I kind of sat down with my boss and we talked it out. And a lot of the nurses I work with, they talked it out with me too. And they were like, you know, you have other options. Like you can come in at eight or you can come in at nine or you can come in at 10 and you can stay till this time and you can work this many days and everyone kind of joined together and helped me figure out what time would work the best for me and what would make me the most successful. So that way mm-hmm. I was able to change my start time and then work back up to working full time. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, what I mean? It's also important. For, it's also important for the firm in that aspect because the firm is getting the valuable hours out of you, right? Exactly. What, what you have to convince your yeah. employer is, you know, if you want your, if you want the place of work to be, you know, operating at full steam, you want your employees to have that opportunity as well. You know, you yeah. have to pitch yourself as a valuable <laughs> asset to what's going on, right? right. Like, you, you know, you, you mm-hmm. let's put it this way. You know, I, I wrote an article about the flu the other day about it. If you have, the, you know, if, I hate when people are sick and they come to work or whatever oh, and they no, put everyone else in jeopardy. They'll just stay home so or bad. whatever, right? And then I got a lot of flack from people saying, yeah, like, what if, you know, my boss won't let me take time off. Well, then you have, that's your job to convince your boss 
that mm-hmm. if you come in with the flu and then the entire firm gets the flu, guess who's going to suffer? It's the firm, right? Exactly. You to, I mean, at that point, you should probably just go in and cough on your boss. You know, and then we're not you know, advocating for that. But... All in two days, you know, like that's rude. This is why people go out. This is why America has a problem. Like people need to give you time off when you're sick. I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of hearing that. Yeah, I, I mean, but you know, the point I'm making is that you know you you can you know make a case that in order for the firm to be successful, you have to be given the opportunity to be successful right. as well. Mm-hmm. You exactly. know, and, and if exactly. you pro- and if you've proven yourself to be a good worker and a, a hardworking person, not to take advantage no. of whatever accommodations you may right. get by being sick, you know mm-hmm. that's what you have. You can't take advantage of any of that stuff. That's like that's rule no. number one. But exactly. if you if you've proven that you aren't one of those people and that you are a hard worker and that you're going to be someone that is a benefit to have around, you know they should uh-huh. do whatever they can to make sure that you are around. You yes. know, that that you need to so convi- you need to convince your employer to do that, and that's that's really what it comes down to. I mean. I had a hard look in the mirror, <clears throat> right? You know, right when I was sort of getting coming back to health after college, about a year later, my plan was to go to law school. And I kind of looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, "Is that really the, the right lifestyle that I want?" You know, working eighteen-hour days and, and doing that kind of thing. You know, I mean, was that really going to work for me? No, it wasn't because I was never going to find an employee that was going to have, you know, some sort of sympathy to my situation. I had to find something, you know, that was going to be conducive to my lifestyle. And I mean, right now I, I work several jobs. But it, it it works for my lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's not something I found right away. It took time to build to where I am, and I'm sure it's going to change. And it's going to it's really going to continue to change as my life goes on. You know, my, my health is either going to improve right. or it's not going to get or it's, it's going to get worse, mm-hmm. and I'll have to adjust accordingly. But right. I think what it comes down to is you know you have to be able to get yourself somewhere where you can actually get a the healthcare benefits. That's the most important thing, and B yes. you have to be somewhere that you know you're happy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the other part of this. Big deal. That's you know that's the other part of this whole thing. You don't want to it stress is. because the stress is going to go against your health. And oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh so. yeah, I can't be stressed. If I get no. stressed, I just decline. Mm-hmm. I've learned that too. You know. So, so I just need so to keep good. everything calm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Nice, 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 nice even kill. Nice even kill. That's hard to do, you know. But. I don't know. And the thing with the whole health benefits thing, you, you can figure that out if you're at a point where you're not ready to go on disability, but you're not able to work full time and you're over 26. You can figure it out. Depending and on the state, I though. Think, Some states are easier to work with than others. That's yeah, that's, that's exactly. the important thing to score here. Yeah. I think yeah. at that point, it's best to reach out to your CF clinic and they can hook you up with a social worker or someone that's more experienced in that area that can help you with it because... I know right before I turned 26, our social worker that we have, she called me and she was like, look, what do you want to do? Because, I mean, at that point in time, yeah, I was back to working full time. But how long was that going to be for? And, you know, what she explained to me was with our state and how it works, it'd be better for me to just, you know, look, look for ways to stay on my parents insurance or something else. So therefore, if I did have to back down how much I was working, it would be easier to keep my insurance yeah Yeah. rather than have to like fully stop working and then go back on my Mm -hmm. parents insurance then gradually work back up to Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like it was just too complicated so she was able to walk me through all that and kind of guide me and to be honest I didn't know the options that were even available to me until she explained them so yeah I think think you don't have knowledge about it it's a good thing to just reach out to your clinic and they can hook you up with someone that can help you with it because it is a 
it is a real thing, you know. It's you also a daunting topic. Like it's a very big, yeah, gigantic thing, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's all. I still worry about it. And let's put it this way: it's all, it's it's talked about in the news all the time, all right? The time. And the way it's talked about in the news is. I don't think it's very representative of how it actually is. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't. You know. You know. I think. Thinking. I think. You know. The, I mean. Ultimately, you, what you have to do is, and you know, what I've done over the past years, you really got to dive in and learn it. You know, you got to learn mm-hmm. it. You, do. you know, from from the resources available. You know, the social worker mm-hmm. is the first resource. Yes. You know, yeah, I remember it's a good starting resource. Yeah, man. I remember at this know? time last year, I I spoke to I think it was my social worker or my doctor or whatever, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, you know, this is coming up. I'm gonna start thinking about my own healthcare and this, that, and the other thing. And then, you know, they, they sort of, at least, you know, I'm fortunate to be in the state of New York where we have, obviously, like I said, the, the Over 21 program we, we I spoke about. We have some other things that people can use if they're not working full-time. Um, yeah. But, you know, there, there are a lot of <clears throat> resources available. It's just a matter of going out and finding the appropriate resources to help guide exactly. you through that, that challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said before, I think, you know, in my personal <laughs> journey, like I said, I, I, my goal is to work as hard as I can for as long as I can. And and really, you know, I guess build something for myself before I eventually have to go. If I ever have to go on disability, you know, that that's sort of my plan, you know. And that's right. sort of it's and it's worked for me this far, yeah. uh, you know. I, I exactly. I, I, I do think that you know, I have to be, I've learned to be flexible, and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I do think that ultimately it does come down to having a very good relationship with your with your care team because they're mm-hmm. they're gonna have seen. People go Everything. through this numbers of yeah. times. Exactly. They, you know, they've seen people go through. They've seen people, you know, we all three of us have different situations. Mm-hmm. The, the, we care, do. the care team has mm-hmm. seen every one of those situations. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's important to have and a, a, a million more that, situations, yeah, exactly. you know, not just yeah. our examples. But exactly. Well, exactly. and you have right. to see that it's never too early to look into everything. I know. No, it's not. You know, before you're 26, go look into anything you can and figure out what suits you the best and especially right. your social worker will know everything about that state and the programs so you can have options and get help exactly absolutely right all right so i think that's a good place to end this we're we've again we've gone over our our 30 we minute time yes, we always go over <laughs> um okay so we're gonna wrap this up yeah. uh Remember, you can always subscribe to our podcast. If you're listening to it on iTunes, maybe you've already subscribed, but definitely subscribe if you haven't already done it. Give us a rating and review while you're at it. We would love five-star ratings. Um, remember to give us a follow on Instagram. What's The Instagram is breathe underscore in underscore pod. Yes, that's it. Oh, my it. gosh. You got I know, right. I know. I got it. That, that's, got it go right. find us on Instagram. And then you can always slide the DMs. The DMs are open. Yeah. The DMs are open at the Instagram, and then the Salty Sisters DMs are open. As well as yep. my DMs, my DMs are open, so make sure so you many DMs. go down the DMs. So um, I actually think we got a, a uh, if I remember correctly, we got a question that asked something along the lines of what we discussed today. So hopefully, uh, whoever it asked, a little yeah, bit. whoever asked that helped yeah. out a little bit. I'll, I'll go back. I have to go back and look at exactly what you said, but I'll, I'll look. Um, but I think we did a good job of covering that. Uh, yeah. And if you want to see this podcast about something specific, do go down the DMs because that's where it's at. Uh, yeah. And for everything else, I'm Gunnar Siasen. That's Leah. That's Tiff. And thanks hey. for listening. Bye. Thanks. Bye.